in your Bibles, John chapter 15. John chapter number 15. We're continuing on through the, um, uh, the upper room discourse. Um, some people may call it the farewell discourse because as we're going to see today, it doesn't stay in the upper room, and that's okay. John what? 15. John okay. 15. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Lord, we recognize that um, the, the Bible that you have left to us is a holy book. It's not just a, a book of man's wisdom and a book of history. It is a book that you have preserved your words, uh, your instructions, your, um, the details of, of Jesus' ministry and, and so much of how we should live our lives we recognize that it is um, from you for us. And Lord, we thank you for preserving that for us for the millennia. And uh, Lord, we recognize that it's a holy, holy book. And Lord, I pray that you'll always help us to treat it as holy. And Lord, um, at the same time, we recognize that you are, um, you are so much greater than even the Bible. And uh, you've given us... Um, not, not only Jesus to show us the way, but you have left us your Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would be the teacher this morning. Even as your word has said that, that, uh, that you would teach us and that you would guide us into all truth. We ask that you do that this morning. I pray, Lord, let us um, uh, not only get information, which is so good, um, but I pray that you'll change our hearts um, and that in whatever way we need to be changed. If we need to be encouraged, Lord, let us be encouraged. If we need to be pruned, as we're going to see this morning, prune us. Uh, Lord, if we need to um, be, uh, be just loved on and taken care of, Lord, you are the comforter. Um, and so we ask whatever it is that we need from you this morning, Lord, we're open. We pray that you'll do that. We bind every evil assignment from this, from this time and from this place. And instead, ask that your spirit would fill. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I'm going to start in verse 1 if you want to follow along with me. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me he can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be made full. I don't know much about grapes. 
Some of you know more about grapes than than I definitely do. We we actually did have a, a well, I wouldn't exactly call it a vineyard in our backyard uh, at one point. Um, when we lived in Oklahoma, we had somebody planted some grapes, I think, behind us, and they ended up growing over the fence. And we had grapes growing in our backyard. <laughs> this is actually a vine. It looked almost like a wild grape. It didn't produce anything. But this is a vine from, from our house. Um, and as you can see, it is broken off from, this is a branch broken off from the vine. Now, I don't know about you, maybe some of you all are much better carpenters than I am, but do you think you could make a chair out of this? <laughs> no. I don't think so. <laughs> maybe, maybe a bed? No. You know, so, but you see, that's the thing about a vine. You know, a tree is totally different. You know, when you cut down a tree, you can plant, you know, plant it into, uh, into um, wood, uh, you know, and then you, you can build something out of it. You can build a log cabin. You can, you can, um, you know, make wood for chairs. You can, you can uh, make wood for, for rooftops. You, you, you can do all kinds of stuff with a tree, but a vine is a bit different. When it's broken off, there's really not much use for it. Greg, what do you do with vines around the farm? Burn. <laughs> There's not much use but being burnt. And you have Jesus who says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away and every branch that bears fruit he prunes so that it may bear more fruit. It's really interesting. Uh, the end of the chapter, last chapter, it says, um, uh, get up, let's go from here. They were in the upper room. And um, what I believe, and people, honestly, scholars differ with this a little bit. They're not exactly sure what happened. But I believe, personally, that they left the upper room and then they started making their way out to, towards the eastern gate so they could go over the, um, the uh, bridge at Hebron and... and go over um, to the Mount of Olives where Jesus would be betrayed and he'd pray in the garden. As you know, this is during a feast time, so Jerusalem is jam-packed with people, swelling with people. So I can see, I, you know, and this is just in my mind's eye, they, they come out the upper room and, and Jesus is continuing to talk to them and they have to kind of press through the, the people um, the, the Kidron Bridge, I, I'm, I think I misspoke a few minutes ago. They're pressing through with people, and as they get to the, to the gate, they look over and see the temple gleaming marble and gold. They, they have, it's lit by giant, huge candelabras that are inset. And above the doorway of the temple is a vine. This golden vine with huge golden grapes. I don't know this, but I could see Jesus. Because he, he takes every advantage, every opportunity. He sees something and he'll, he'll, he'll look at it and say, look at this. I think maybe they're going over and they stop in front of the temple and he looks up and says, I'm the true vine. My father 
He's the vine dresser. And not only is there that symbol over in the temple, uh, you know, on the temple there, the vine in the whole temple. Uh, if, if you know much about the, uh, the tabernacle before it and the temple, it's, it's this whole garden concept with pomegranates and palm trees and uh, all over the temple. It's this garden idea in, in the vine. Now, the vine is really specific in the Old Testament. Israel is, taught, is spoken of as a vine. You look at Isaiah 5 as one of the classic passages. Um, if, you, if you think about the, the song of the Lamb uh, that's mentioned in the book of Revelation, this is the song of the Lamb, Isaiah 5. What it is talking about is this vine, which is Israel, that God planted. Now, if you've read Isaiah 5, you know that when God talks about Israel being a vine, they're in trouble. The whole passage of Isaiah 5 is, guys, I planted you. I put a wall around you. I took care of you. I fertilized you. And you're in trouble. Now Jesus comes along. And he says, I'm the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. And what he's really saying is, I am the true Israel. He's pulling this passage from the Old Testament, this concept from the Old Testament. He says, I am the true Israel. I am, I am the true temple. I am the true Israel. If you want to be a part, you have to be a part of me. Do you see it? You see, at that time, it was, you know, we, we're... To be part of Israel, you, you, you need to be part of the law. We talked about the law. By the, by the way, um, do you know who the greatest sinner, the, the most outlandish sinner of all time is? Moses. Because he broke all Ten Commandments at the same time. Oh, come on. You'll get that later. All right. But to be part of, of Israel, right, you had to be part of the temple, the whole temple. You, uh, you, you, you brought your sacrifice in, and you had the law, and you obeyed the law, and you, you became part of this system called Israel, and a part of sacrificing to Yahweh, their God. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes on the scene and says, you know what, that's old. I am the true vine. That's not the true vine. I am. So if you want to have life, you have life by being attached to me, not being attached to that temple. Verse 4 says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, I in him. He bears fruit, for apart from me he can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. They gather him and they cast him into the fire and they are burned. Oh, verse 2, it says he prunes it. I, I've started in the one verse, two down. One verse down, too far. Um, 
Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it, that it may bear more fruit. So we have this concept that we have to be attached to Jesus, right? And those who, see, the, the whole idea is um, the Father is the vine dresser, and one way or the other, you're going to get cut. Everybody say, ouch. Ouch. (laughs) Because, all right, you're either going to not bear fruit and get cut off and thrown into the fire, right? Or he wants you to bear more fruit, Mm -hmm. and so he's going to prune you. And pruning hurts. Ultimately, it's good for the plant to be pruned, right? But pruning hurts. There was a time, there's been many times I got pruned. But uh, I think anybody who has been married at any point has been pruned. A number of years, a number of years ago, um, Ruth and I both, uh, I, I lost my, a job that I'd been in for a while. Um, Ruth um, was in a, a political job where she could not she didn't feel like she could morally and ethically work for the next political person that came in, so she stepped down from her position. And I believe that um, our income probably dropped about 50000 inside of two years. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, I really wasn't uh, ready for that. <laughs> and I made bad choices. And I'll tell you, I made bad choices. And all of a sudden, our credit cards were maxed out, and um, we just there was always more months than money, until there was a day of reckoning, and I got pruned. And um, you know, I Ruth and I had a, a, a serious heart to heart, and she said, "Let me step in and help." I said, "Okay, go for it," and. You know, right, right after that, boy, God turned it around. It took it took us some years, but um, when what happened was is um, we I got pruned, I got changed, and over the years, boy, the Lord provided. We bore more fruit. Mm-hmm. You know, we took care. Of, we we now we have no credit card debt. You know, it, yeah. nothing. It's just you know we 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 we. Uh, operate on a really good budget system, but that would not have happened if I didn't get changed. And it hurt. God changes us. And we have to know that what's going to happen is if we are connected to Him, He wants us to bear fruit. And He's going to come along and the, the, good, the good thing is, is if we are trying to bear fruit, he will prune us so that we'll bear more fruit, and it may hurt. But ultimately, it's for our good. What's really bad is if you're not bearing fruit at all. And only you know, you and the Lord know whether that is the case. Because it doesn't say how much fruit you're going to have to bear or what kind of fruit. It's just whether you're fruit-bearing or not. Because really, you're either going to be fruit-bearing or you're going to be 
as Craig still pointed out, firewood. You know, Jesus is the true vine. Um, look at verse 4. Um, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. You know, the interesting thing about, you know, either you don't talk about fruit trees or you want to talk about plants, you want to talk about a grapevine. You can take a, another vine and graft it in, but you're not going to graft another vine, you know, another branch into a grapevine and get tomatoes. Right? You're going to get grapes. Now, maybe a different kind of grape, but you're going to get grapes. What should be happening, you see, if Jesus is the vine and we are the branches, when we abide in him, when we get, you know, when, when he is the life that goes through us. So what kind of fruit do we produce? Jesus. All our fruit should look just like Jesus. What was his fruit? Well, that's the fruit we should have. But it comes in abiding. Now, I, we, when we look at this passage, we look at it on the other side of the cross. But I want you to see a little bit of what the disciples saw. Can you imagine? Maybe like me saying, hey, Tim. You know I love you, man. I, we're going to be such good friends. I want you to know that I'm going to get so close to you, you're not going to know where you stop and I start. You know, we're gonna, I'm going to just stick to you like glue. There's, there's not going to be any, any space whatsoever. And, and I'm sure Tim is going, remember, it is still social distancing, right? <laughs> right? But we look at this passage on the other side of the cross, Right? Jesus comes to the disciples and says, I'm going to be in you and you're going to be in me. How, what do you think that they thought? Come on. Let's get real about this. On the other side of the cross, we realize that that's a reality. Because the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. And it's through that connection with the Holy Spirit that we actually have that life in Jesus. Right? It's because we we are so connected to Him that He is actually within us. And we have that life. And we're going to see that more not only today, but we've got Pentecost coming here in a few weeks. And I, w- I want us to uh, recognize that. You know, the Holy Spirit comes. And it's really, I believe that the coming of the Holy Spirit is the major event of the entire New Testament. 
You think Jesus on the cross. Yes, I absolutely, Jesus dying on the cross, raising from the dead. But he did that. I believe that he, all that he did was so that he could give us the Spirit of God. So that he could be with, there's no way he could be within us if he didn't rise from the dead and give us the Spirit. There's no way we could have that connection with him if that, if that didn't happen. But really, like I said, because of that, the fruit that we bear looks like Jesus. There was a, uh, there was a guy that I knew, I, I say I knew, I, I was acquainted with in, in college that looked just like Jesus. No, literally, he actually looked just like Jesus. In fact, uh, his name uh, is Tom Newman. He, um, there, were, there were pictures. People wanted to paint Jesus, and they would have him as a, uh, you know, <laughs> as the, as the uh, um, person that paint. Because he, he played Jesus in, uh, I don't know if you are familiar with uh, Masterpiece, The Toymaker's Dream. It was a, um, a dance uh, production about Jesus dying and raising, rising. In. He played Jesus in Toys Maker's Dream. And um, like I said, long hair, look, <laughs> looked the part. And I remember um, I was at a, uh, a camp before we went on a mission trip, and he was one of the counselors there, one of the people that was, were training us. And got, we were, uh, um, we'd, we'd done all the stuff, and the guys were about to head to the shower. And one of the guys in my group said, you know, I've never showered with Jesus before. <laughs> and, and Tom Newman's responsible, I shower with him every day. <laughs> but, you know, we can look like Jesus on the outside, but really it's that realization that he is within us that makes us bear the fruit that looks like Jesus. Because he is the vine. All, it all flows from the vine. It doesn't flow from the branch to the vine. It flows from the vine to the branch. And the fruit looks just like him. Look at verse number 7. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. But my Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. And so prove to be my disciples. You know what's great about this? He says, you ask of me and the Father is going to give it to you. And we've heard some of this before. But in this concept, remember, the Father is the vine dresser. If you look back in Isaiah 5, and you can read that if you want to, but the, the Father said, God put, he put a wall around the vineyard. He's the one who prunes it. He's the one who takes care of it. He's the one who fertilizes it. And so if we need something to be a good fruit-producing vine, then we ask the vine dresser. Right? That's how he's glorified in it. It's because uh, we, need, we need the gifts. Let's, I'm just going to use something easy. Okay? Lord, we need the spiritual gifts of, um, you know, all right, let's, let's think about, we, we just did the baskets, or we did, you know, we're looking at doing, doing some of the tutoring. We need some gifts of service, Lord, for, for this project. Will you provide us some of the gifts of service? 
well, yeah, because I'm going to be glorified in that. I want you to bear fruit, so I'm going to provide those things. I'm going to send those through the vine so that you can bear fruit. You see the concept? It's so that we can be fruit-bearing, and God wants us to be fruit-bearing. He's a good vine dresser who wants to make sure that we get the that he gets the best fruit possible, and that fruit looks just like his son. So what happens? We say, Lord, we need this to glorify you. And it says that he will send that through. He'll give that to us that he might be glorified. There was a, um, I know how much of, of uh, my story that uh, about moving to England I've, I've shared with you guys, but um, you know this happened to us a number of years ago, almost ten years ago now. Really, it was ten years ago. Um, we, uh, I, I'd been working in a job. I made, uh, I was vice president at a roofing company. Had a really, really, really good year. Um, and then all of a sudden the work dried up, the job dried up, and there was no job anymore. And Ruth and I had been looking at going to New England for several, three, four years prior to that. I applied some different you know, churches, a few ch- churches I'd seen pop up, and applied nothing, applied nothing. And I remember we sat down and prayed one night and kind of looked up at at the same time and said, well, let's just sell everything and move. I said, okay, what do we have here? <laughs> let's, let's go. But we said, you know what, we have a house. We um, have a just a month and a half old or left that daughter. Uh, Kyla right there was had been born oh, the no. previous month, I think, because I lost my job the week after she was born. Oh, dear. And um, we said, we need... We need a way to get up there. We need funds because we don't have any. We need to sell our house um, because we can't move up there with, with a house. There's no way to afford that, too. So we said, we've got to sell the house. We need funds, and I've got to get in school. That way I can get boots on the ground. I, I figured the school part wouldn't be an issue, so I applied right away, got, got in. I had a realtor friend, and um, he came out, told us what we needed to do. And we told them we're going to sell the house immediately. And uh, we sold the house in a week. And um, we were on our way. And through that time, we never missed a bill. Not a single thing. And I didn't, I wasn't working. Ruth wasn't working. Um, You know, I might have a little job here or there, but through the time, we, we just got the house ready. We sold the house. And the Lord paid Everything he pay, we paid for the move in cash. Um, we had cash um, when we uh, got to New England. He paid for everything. Why? So that I could stand up here and say, God will provide. Yes. And God will provide in a way that so that we can bear fruit. Mm-hmm. He wanted us here and he got us here. And he now, was it hard? Yeah. There was some pruning in there too. We actually we pruned a lot of stuff in our house, if nothing else. 
But God will give you what you need in order to produce the fruit that he wants to produce. So if you need it to produce fruit for him, ask him. You know, as I've been reflecting on uh, this message and thinking about really some of the other concepts in it, um, the word abide is something that kind of keeps popping up. In fact, I was talking about it with the girls the other day because they have a song for everything. They have a song for I am the vine and uh, he is the vine, I am the branches, right? And one of the girls said, what does it mean to abide? I go, you know, that's a good question. The, the Greek word is, is actually to remain, to remain. So it's not just, you know, that, that you uh, one time are connected with Jesus, but it's a continual remaining. Now, I want you to consider the time frame that they were in. Uh, how many of you all can quote large sections of scripture, like a whole book. Anybody in here quote a whole book of, of the Bible? No? So during that day, the, the Pharisees, more than likely, they could quote at, at least, this is the bare minimum, they could quote Genesis through Deuteronomy, word for word for word. And more, more than likely, they could quote most of the Old Testament. They had it memorized. But at least Genesis through Deuteronomy. They knew it word for word, back to front. They had it in their hearts. Now, who in, who in here has broken that perfect timing? Because I was actually... So, um, it's amazing how God does that. All that. Yeah. Who in here has broken any of the Ten Commandments? Okay, we'll talk about lying next week if you didn't raise your hand. (laughs) But you've got Paul, who was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, and what did he say in Philippians? As to the law, blameless. So you've got these people like the Pharisees, who... They, have, they are in what we would say is the word. They know it. They know it backwards and forwards. They're keeping the law letter for letter, word for word. They've got it completely. Not just the Ten Commandments. We're talking all 600 something, right? They've got it down. They're doing it. They're out there, they're, they, they give, they do this. They, and here Jesus is saying, that's not the true vine. I am. And we need to be careful because we can look at a church, we can look at people, we can look at dare I say pastors, who you might say, boy, they've got it together. They know the word like nobody's business. They've got it down. You should see that they live a righteous and holy life. They don't do anything wrong. They're always out there. And could Jesus 
say of them, you're a branch that's just going to be cut off and tossed into the fire. And what's the difference? Because you can look on the outside of what they had. You can look at their knowing the Bible, which is good. Please know the Bible. Please read it through. At least, you know, I would say at least once a year, please read it through. Know it. But you can look at them. They knew it. You can look at how they acted. They acted it. You can look at the holiness of their lives. They, they were holy. But what's the difference? And here's what I believe it is more than anything. Is they didn't submit to the will of the vine dresser. When the vine dresser said, "No, I want to, be, uh, I want to take this part of the vine. And I want to move it over here," they said, "No, not going to happen." We've got this, and we're going to do it our way. And you know, we can, in turn, get so caught up in doing the right thing. And please do the right thing. We can get so caught up in knowing the word, and please know the word. But we can have it all and we can still miss God. And more than anything, it's a hard issue. Because out of the heart is what where all the rest comes from. It's a heart issue to learn and to listen to what God is wanting. For those little course corrections. I know um, uh, Ruth's, Ruth's cousin is a gardener, and he's got a lot of the um, uh, he's got a lot of the training behind it as well, very similar. Um, but I know you go and he's got these fruit trees. And what he's done is he's, he's got them on this, um, this frame. And he's trained them up. And he's got them going here. And, and they're all flat, perfectly straight. And going up here and going here. And it takes a lot of time. It takes pruning. It takes getting those branches out and tying them in just right. And that fruit tree could be, it could, it could go with what the master gardener is having it do. Or it could say, no, I'm going to send this branch out this direction. <laughs> that that branch will not bend this way. And what's going to happen to the branch? <laughs> it's still a branch. It's still coming out from the tree but it's not in the will of the master gardener. And so as we consider, I want us to go deeper and go further than, 
hey, let's know the word. Again, it's a good thing. Let's do the right thing. Please, do the right thing. But we have to listen. And we have to, more than anything, submit our hearts and our wills to the vine dresser. So that when he comes along and he says, Psst, Steve, I need you to talk to this person for me. And you don't, you don't just go, what did I hear? I didn't hear anything. I keep, I keep on going, right? You, you hear that still small voice, and then you, you are ready and willing. You, and you're ready because you have done this, right? You've got, you've got this. You know where to go. You know what's there. You've got the fruit, but you're also you're listening for the voice of the vine dresser. So if I could give you an assignment this week. If, if I could, it, it's this. Oh, I got to go there, don't I? Okay. Um, let, me, let me back up. You know, one thing that we, we need to understand is that um, the fruit doesn't, the fruit is on the branch, but it doesn't come from us. It comes from the vine, right? In all of our, in all of my not my limited gardening experience, I have um, I've never seen like a tomato plant break a sweat because it's um, because it's weeding, right? Has anybody you know? seen a plant say, you know what, I, I just, I want to take care of all the weeds around here today. I need to plant some more plants, so would, I'm going to hoe a row. <laughs> no. no, right? It's the vine dresser's responsibility. It's the farmer's responsibility to do that. And a lot of times we can get so caught up in the work that we're not realizing it's the it's the farmer, it's the vine dresser who's supposed to be doing the work through us. It's not about striving. Do we have to do stuff? Absolutely. But the ability for us to do comes through the vine. It comes from the farmer, from the vine dresser. I know in my own life, I, I got caught up in that a little bit myself. I realized I was trying to do and do and do. I mean, even in prayer can be a thing that you do and do and do. I've got to pray so I can break through. I've got to pray so I can do this. I've got to pray this person through. I've got to pray this thing through. And I heard a sermon that said, no, don't strive. Quit striving. This is easy. You should be at peace and you should be at ease and let God do through you. I said, boy, I'm striving. And I actually talked to one of my pastors about it. I said, what do I do? I'm striving. How do I get out of this? And there was a couple of things he said. And one of them was, you need to have, a, you need to have a, um, a realization of Jesus. You just need to have him show up and, and realize that he is taking care of this. He said, I don't want you... He said, I was, and I said, okay, well, I'm going to pray that through. He said, no, 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 no more, no more of that. He said, 
You, you just pray and be at ease. Oh, okay. Okay, I'll just pray and be at ease. And for a while, the Lord wouldn't even let me. To, to pray for somebody, the Lord wouldn't even let me pray for a situation. He'd just say, okay, just say their name. I'll take care of the rest. Just say their name. Okay. Ruth. So-and-so. Karis. That's all I'd do. Like, okay, Lord, you take care of the rest. You know their needs. I'm not going to strive after it. But the whole concept is because God, Jesus is divine, and the Father is the vine dresser. So that's, I think that's a word for somebody in here this morning. Stop striving. Let the farmer do the work. Let the vine send the stuff through the branch. It's not your job. All your job is is to bear fruit. When you're connected in, it'll be easy. The fruit will come naturally. And God will open up those doors. Now, you have to be connected, right? You got to know. You got to be ready. You got to have the, the Holy Spirit th- flowing through you. We're going to get to the Spirit more in the next few weeks, which will be exciting. But don't strive after it. Just be the branch. Be connected and be the branch. Let the Father and the vine do the work so that you can bear much fruit. Because if you will let him, God will make sure you bear the fruit. Again, you're either going to get pruned, right? You're either going to be fruit-bearing or you're going to be firewood. Please, be fruit-bearing. Get clipped if you need to. But get clipped for good fruit. Let's pray together. Lord, I pray right now for each person here. Lord, um, there's so many things that I felt like I needed to pour out today. More than anything, Lord, we need to be connected to you. Not in a religious way, but in a life-giving way. So that your life flows through us. Holy Spirit, that's what I'm asking that you would do for each person here today. This is what I feel like the Lord's wanting to do. If you, as I was just talking about striving, if, if you would say, that's me. That's me. I'm, I'm, it's not that you're doing anything wrong. You're just trying to do it all. You're just trying to pray things through and, and it's feel, you feel like it's on your shoulders to do this and to do that. You're not resting in the Lord. And, and like I said, it's not that you're doing anything wrong. It's just that it's not flowing through you with ease and with peace. I believe what the Lord wants you to do is um, today is just, number one, repent of that. You can do that right now. You just just say, Father, forgive me. 
forgive me for striving. Forgive me for the the weight, putting the weight on my shoulders that you want to take. Forgive me for, because um, you said your yoke is easy, your burden's light. Forgive me for taking that yoke upon myself instead of letting you carry it. And Lord wants to release you from that this morning. You know? And as we were talking about listening to listening to the Lord, um, just what I'd like you to do is to pray, and um, this is what I believe the Lord's saying, is to, to pray and follow His direction in how to stop striving and to let Him do it. And Lord, I bless everyone this morning. I pray that you will do that for each person, that, that all of us, whether it's been an issue of striving or not, Lord, I pray that we will connect with you, that we will abide, that we will remain in you and with you, and we'll, we'll be so connected with you that your life will flow through us and flow through us with ease. Lord, prune us. Lop off the bad stuff so that we can bear more fruit. We realize that's going to hurt, but Lord, it's worth it. And Lord, I ask that this place, this church, everyone attached to it, Lord, that we would bear much fruit for you big, great, big, juicy grapes, wonderful fruit, tasty fruit, fruit that you'll look on and be proud of, Lord. Because we've got your life flowing through us. I bless everyone here today, all those who are online. I bless them in the name of the Lord. Those who um, still need a touch from you, uh, Lord, I pray f- that your healing power would go forth and would touch their bodies right now. Lord, for um, everyone else I, uh, and everyone, I pray your protection, your blessing, that, um, that financially that everyone's needs would be met. Lord, that um, with every uh, uh, emotional need that they would be met, that... that um, you would be our joy and that you would go before us, that you would be our rear guard, that, that your protection would be over each one and over our families, over us as we travel. And Lord, it's all for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.